I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Chris Hannah joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, Still Waiting by Prince. I believe a 19-year-old Prince at the time he recorded it um, from his eponymous second album. Um, that is not in honor, but in, uh, I guess, um, reference to um, the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies fans still waiting for Desmond Bain to return. So you were there last night. Uh, obviously, there's news off the court. Uh, the news on the court, the Grizzlies win. They beat Oklahoma City. Uh, you wrote about various things. First thoughts on uh, on Jazz triple-double? Were you deeply offended that he was hunting for stats at the end of that game? I was not deeply offended, but but uh, I was fine with it. But <laughs> you he, noted it. You did but, note but it. But he was hunting he was, I mean, for it. When, when you're up 20 with four minutes to go and he comes back in the game with four bench players, clearly, like, you know, you're, you're not you, you're playing to get an assist. That is what you're there for, right. which is fine. He's earned it, and, and the teammates, I'm sure that everyone, everyone else wanted him to get it, and all the fans, all the all the other players, so that was fine. It, the weird thing was, I mean, Ja has, the I guess, the sixth triple-double in franchise history. Said setting the new franchise record to me, that is not a hallowed mark that he passed <laughs> a five by a by a center, Marcus All. I mean, that was an if anything was inevitable, it was John Morant getting the triple double um, franchise record. But to me, I mean, the interesting thing about the game is a the game wasn't terribly interesting by the standards of like you know right. probably the a mid level regular season game in terms of interest. And John Morant has the sixth triple double in his career. And to me, that wasn't even the most interesting thing that happened to the game. That's how interesting the Grizzlies are these days. Well, and you also pointed out that the play he made when he looked like he was going to dunk it, he cocked it, and then he gives the – I think that's the play you highlighted. That 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 might be like 22nd on the job Morant yeah, highlight reel I didn't, from I didn't, this year. I didn't specifically highlight that play, but it is the play I had in mind when I wrote that. Yeah. Okay, yes. I, I, like – it's just another day like for John Morant. If Mike Conley had done that, we would have seen that. We would have seen <laughs> exactly. that fifty times in highlights since then. And now it's like you know, where does this rank on the John career highlight list? Number one hundred eighty-two <laughs> on the John Morant career highlight list. How are you doing on your uh, saving moments for you? Like, did you include that as even? I wouldn't. I, I guess I wouldn't even include it as a. Moment. I haven't. I got to go back and get and hit and collect from the last two games before I forget. Thanks for reminding me. I don't know. I feel like like that's a good question. Like, what from that game is a contender? Is it that? Is it um? Is it him getting the steal and then the, the pass to complete the triple double? Is it um? 
and and this is. I something- don't think it's the dunk to Zaire, although that was nice to see Zaire. Zaire, that was the gilding the lily on the, right. the triple double. Is it? And this is something you only see on TV for the most part. Maybe you saw it in the arena if you were a fan, but media, you're busy. Like, is it the post-game interview that's with, what it with is. Kari? Yeah, that's so, what it right. is. It's, it's, listen, it's the holiday season, and when you've got Kari in a little Santa hat doing the gritty with the whole team, yeah. the best so I moment think that's it. from last night was that. I it think was, that's the top it. contender for the year in moments listening to that game is, is the post-game interview. It is interesting what you Kari. see on Twitter. Drew Hill tweeted out a, I don't know who the fan was who brought Brevin Knight. Right, right. <laughs> like, that was cute, too. Yeah. A Christmas ornament, which is of... Brevin looking enraged or whatever it right, is right. from behind. Uh, there's so much. There's so much. I mean, you you talk, you wrote there's about, so much stuff. There's like, so much stuff. Sa- I'm going to say you so alone stuff. has so much. Stuff. Exactly. And but with the Grizzlies, there's so much culture. There was yes. with the old in- incarnation of the Grizzlies too. Right. Um, but there's so much stuff that you really are. It's a whole world of Grizzly. That yeah. You're, that you're immersed in that makes it so much fun. Um, okay, so if Jaws triple double, historic triple double, was not the highlight of the game last night, or was not the most notable thing from the game last night, or the most interesting thing from the game last night, what was? I mean, it, it might have been. It's just for me, like in terms of writing or whatever, like I was struck by just all the little stuff Santiago Damo was <clears> doing, <throat> and I was struck by the two way play of Dylan Brooks. Well, let's take them one at a time. Take Santi first, uh, and we played a highlight of him. Uh, it wasn't a three pointer. It was a it was a long two pointer, and then immediately the dunk after uh, that. Like that's the that's his bag, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he is that. He had, he had the behind the back whip pass to to, to Brandon Clark um, in that game. He had another play we did we didn't complete where he went up and like tried to catch a pass yeah. and, and put it in over his head and, and just sort of just missed it. And then the, the three he hit from the corner was a, he, I think he had a couple of these. He did. It was another one of these where you didn't bring, right. you don't even bring the ball down. You just sort of catch it up top and just flick your wrist up. And splash it. He just plays with a lot of flair and a lot of idi- idiosyncrasy. And there's just a lot of interesting stuff in his game. And, and one of the points I made is that you know he's replaced Kyle Anderson now that Jaron's back. He's replaced Kyle Anderson in the rotation as the backup power forward, essentially. And he's replaced Kyle Anderson's production. He's also replaced Kyle Anderson as like the guy who just does sort of interesting, funky stuff when right. he plays. Um. Right now, you'd rather have him as the backup power. In that spot yeah. in the rotation, given the it, things he does, you'd rather have him than Kyle, right? It's an offensive upgrade. It's a defensive downgrade. Like, where that comes out in the wash, like, whatever, it's debatable. But, yeah, I feel great about Santi Aldama in that spot. And in this spot, like, as a starter, he was a little bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah, as I mean— a, the, Yeah, as in this spot, it's— Perfect. He, he 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 acquitted himself very well in that starting right. role, but there's a reason. And I, and I and I as I was standing in line getting my coffee a few minutes ago, I, I checked the NBA site to see. So I was curious whether how how far they'd moved up on the defensive standings. I didn't. I was surprised they moved all the way to ten after that game. Um, they like they were not going to be a top ten defense with Santi Aldama starting at power right. forward. Five games into the season, they were the thirtieth dead last ranked defense in the That's league. Incredible. And now they've gotten Dylan Brooks back. They've gotten Jaron back. They're they're back in the top ten. For the and you said you tweeted out for the first time ever there first time this year first time this season yeah. they are in the top ten both offensively right. and defensively. What's his? What do you think his ceiling is? Santi, I I think Santi could be a starter in the NBA. Maybe not like you know a long term starter anywhere, but I think over the course of his career he could have peak seasons where like 
he's starting at power forward for somebody and averaging, you know, 15 points and seven rebounds and that kind of thing. Like, I don't think he's ever, you know, I, I, I think, I think, I think a, a short time starter putting up those kind of numbers is probably peak, peak Long term. We talk about Kyle Anderson. Here's a comp I'll throw out there that uh-huh. I don't think anyone else has used. Santi, the, the, the Grizzlies player, it, the historical Grizzlies player Santi most resembles, and I think he is vaulting past him, is John Lure. And you could scoff at John Lure. John Lure right. ended up making $50 million playing NBA basketball. Right. He had a four-year. He was overpaid, though. He was, but, he, but <laughs> yes, he, right. he, he did enough that a team signed him to a deal right. to make him a starter. Um, Long term, Brandon is he more? I mean, Brandon Clark is again. We, you wouldn't want That's him as your starter, right. you know. It's an interesting question, the Aldama Clark thing, because I mean, they just signed Brandon Clark to this long right. extension. Santi's playing more minutes than Brandon Clark. He, Santi's averaging like twenty five minutes a season. Brandon Clark's averaging nineteen. Um, and like, guess what? You don't have to choose because you, you you got Brandon, you got Brandon Clark locked up. You got Stephen Adams locked up. You got Jaron locked up, and you got Santi locked up for nothing because he's still on a rookie deal. He's got two years left after this right. one, so whatever. Who cares? Oh, you, got, yes, you got all right. of them. But if you were facing a choice, if like for some reason Brandon Clark and Santi Aldama are both headed to free agency, right. that would become an interesting conversation. It's an interesting conversation that Grizzlies do not have to have right now. Uh, and he, it's a. Uh, He's his his reverse dunks, Rudy Fernandez. Yeah, he, he, he we uh, asked him that. This was this is in, actually in the locker room after a game, and Drew ended up writing about it in his game story that night. But I was there too. There was there was three or four of us standing there talking to him about it, and we asked him like, so this reverse dunk thing, where did that come from? And you when you ask that kind of question, you expect to hear, oh, I don't know, I'm just playing right, basketball right, and right, exactly. He was like, no, 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 I, I, I modeled that after Rudy Fernandez. <laughs> Who, good player. He was, was a, a good damn player. Good player. He was a great international player. Right. He had a cup of coffee in the NBA for the Portland Trailblazers and a decent NBA player, but most of his career was, yes. was international. But he, sure enough, you go back and like YouTube search Rudy Fernandez. Like my image, of Rudy Fernandez actually was a, a, a well, it was a reverse dunk, a catch yeah. in and we're dunking over the back of his head. And so you know, he, as a growing up in Spain, watching Spanish basketball, he was inspired by that, and it, it is a direct emulation of that. Two-way play of Dylan Brooks. What just what what what? How did it manifest last night? Oh, he also hit a by, by the way a bunch of three pointers. Five right. three pointers last night. That's the two. Um, the two-way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I put the string of numbers out there in the column. Oh, you know, up. there's like a dozen. I, I strung I strung together a dozen numbers, right? And two of those numbers are under thirty, and ten of them are above thirty, thirty and above. And those are the scoring nights of the last twelve games of Shea Gillis Alexander. And what did the two numbers under 30 have in common? Those are the two times he's played the Memphis Grizzlies. So if this last a dozen games, he scored 30 points or more every single game except for the two he's played against the Grizzlies and been guarded by Dylan Brooks. The numbers are, and you can, uh, his column, I have uh, retweeted it, tweeted it out. You can see it on Twitter. 37, 37, 42, 15, 30, 31, 30, 32, 31, 33, 35, 26. And, and the 26 uh, oversells the case because he shot 4 14 from the floor. Right. Like he made it all from 17 the line. 17 free throws, yes. And Dylan only fouled him once. So Dylan only sent those free throws. He was not sent to the line only by only by Dylan once. He had 17 yeah. points on three throws. Uh, so, yeah, and they know each other. They're both Canadians. Both Canadians, both, I think, from generally the Toronto area. Dylan said after the game they play pickup ball during the summers. And so, yeah, there's some, some familiarity there. Uh, the health news... Well, let's start with the return of Zaire Williams. What'd you think? He looked fine. I mean, my, my thing, I said this on the pod Drew and I do every week. I sort of made the point of 
I just give every player a mulligan the first game back from a meaningful injury, like whatever. You should get out right. there and get some cardio and, and, <laughs> right. and whatever. And I thought he looked fine. He looked great. I think he did, didn't shoot well from the floor or whatever, but he was getting rebounds, getting assists. Um, he was active. I thought he looked good. Well, we almost, when they get to be fully healthy, we're essentially going to see nothing of David Roddy and Jake Laravia. Well, the question is, are they ever like fully, fully healthy? And, the, and right. the answer just may be no. There, right. I mean, there would be very few games where you have your top ten. Right. You hope you have eight or nine of them. That'd be great. And so, I, you know, I, I think Roddy and Laravia are in that, you know, just outside the rotation spot, and that means you play every night, or one of you does. You right. know, that's just sort of the way it is. But I do think David Roddy is the eleventh man in the pecking order right now, but you just haven't had all the other 10. Are you seeing more progress from David Roddy? Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think he's had his last week or two has been much better than what came before. Um, he's starting to make some shots from the corners, corner threes, which is a good sort of starting point to build off of. Um, I think he looks like he's going to be pretty good on offense. My question with David Roddy remains defense, and I know he plays with a lot of physicality and grittiness, but this evidence is still not great that the team defense is that is very good when, when he's With out there, and so that's what what I would watch. Um, yeah, we'll figure out that during during the uh, as as life goes on. Was Zaire defensively bad last year? He was early on, um, and it, and it got better, but it was never. With Zaire, I think with defense, you look at what he can be, not what he was. What he was was a 20-year-old, rail-thin right. rookie trying right. to play NBA basketball. But when you look at him, you see the length and the, the quickness, and you see that he, he could be good defensively. And in that way, David Roddy looks – he'll learn much more about guarding in the NBA. Right. He's not gonna he looks get, kind of fully formed of, uh, well, he's physically. Well, he's not going to yes. get taller. Right. And you wonder about the foot speed, how much more – how much quicker can he get in terms of lateral quickness and staying in front of guys? Yeah. Um, all right. And then the other news uh, was, eh, it was, I mean, I'm not discouraged by it. So to say it was discouraging, but I, I would have predicted, uh, I would have predicted that Desmond Bain would be back in the next two weeks, certainly by, certainly by the end of the year. And so it's kind of, not what we wanted to hear that it's, he's going to be reevaluated. And it, what, what was the exact thing to, to, Three to four weeks. Three to four weeks. The, uh, the, the, important, yeah. the important word, there's a lot of big words in that <laughs> right. thing. The most important word is two letters long, and it is the word if. Right. He will, be, he will return in three or, four weeks, three or four weeks if. If. The other side of that if is surgery. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, I, I mean, when they put that stuff out there, you sh- it should be read closely. They're not saying he's going to be back in three or four weeks. They're saying right. he's going to be back in three or four weeks if blah, blah, blah. Well, so, the, any, so the if is very important. Okay, so do you think? I mean, because anytime they put out such a statement, it's obviously we will reevaluate. And anytime you're reevaluating, things could go any direction from the reevaluate. No, they never say he will. Someone will definitely be back in four weeks. They never say that. They always say, uh, "No, no, that's not true." They, they said that on, on Zaire Williams. If you look at Zaire Williams' injury thing when it came out, he didn't say at first. It didn't say there was no be reevaluation. He said he'll be back in three or four weeks. Because Jaron's reevaluated. Most injuries are no, reevaluated. This is this is more. You found they, there more yes. uncertainty in this. They also added a word that had not been there before that was more specific about the nature of the injury, the semitoid or whatever, which yes. was not there before. This is a very real. Oh, this is a bigger if. This is one hundred percent a bigger if. Now I think, I think they believe that he's going to be back in three or four weeks. 
And if they believe that, I believe that because their track record is very good. Right. And I, 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 there has never been a sense, and this is not always true throughout Grizzlies history, with this front office, I've never felt like I've been misled even behind the scenes on injuries, injury right. stuff. So I think they think he's going to be back in three or four weeks, and so I think he's probably going to be back in three or four weeks. So I'm not trying to be alarmist. But I'm just, for the sake of being, like, you know, seeing clearly the entire game field of play, the word if is in there for a reason. Right. So, yes, they said if there is a positive response is what the right. – if there's a positive response when he's given <laughs> – it is amazing, these words. They're, they're starting the reloading protocol. Right. And if there's a positive response, then a return to injury within three to four weeks. Right. Um, do we know – did you, like, look up what the hell that injury is? Um, the semitoid, whatever the hell it someone is. Someone else yeah. did, and I saw people tweeting stuff about it. I am not – because I wasn't writing a story specifically right. about that. It's some it's some part of the structure of your toe, some linkage thing. Um, I mean, again, the, the, when they say there's the, the one thing they're not clear about is they use the word injury. It, the toe thing is a sprain. I mean, do you have it in front of you? The actual language. Uh, I, I can get the actual language because the toe thing is a sprain, but then they use the word injury at some point, and injury is vague. Like you know, injury is not you know bruise or fracture or like whatever, right? Injury is vague. All right, here's the medical update. Upon reevaluation, Desmond Bain is progressing. You can stop me at any point in his rehabilitation from a right big toe sprain and semoid injury. So big toe sprain and and semoid injury. Semoid injury. Sprain specific, injury is vague. And has been and these are cleared, two different things. Right, and has been cleared to begin a gradual reloading protocol. If the toe responds positively to the reloading protocol, a return to play is projected in three weeks. Right. So the unspoken there part, the unspoken part of that is okay. Well, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't respond positively? And so that's what we're dealing with here. Well, I didn't also know that the. I, I guess when I read it. Even then, I thought, well, the if it's not, that will be six weeks or eight weeks. I, but I, you think the if could be, and again, we're not being all, trying to be alarmist here. The if could be, I think that's in the range of possible. I am that is not that's certainly not likely. That is not likely. The Grizzlies think he's going to be back in three or four weeks. I believe that he'll be back in three or four weeks. But I'm just I'm not going to come out and say, well, I guess he'll be back in three. weeks. That's not what it says. Right, I, right. I read these things right, closely. Right, yes. Okay. And by the way, just for people, <laughs> so, so you know. Uh, to understand sesamoid injuries in the foot, it's important to know what sesamoids, sesamoids are. A sesamoid is a bone embedded in a tendon. Sesamoids are found in several joints in the body. In the normal foot, the sesamoids are two P-shaped bones located in the ball of the foot beneath the big toe joint. Right. Acting as a pulley for tendons, the sesamoids help the big toe move normally and provide leverage when the big toe pushes off during walking and running. And then it says types of sesamoid injuries. One of the types of injuries, there's three types. Right. It's turf toe. And all we get is injury. So we right. don't know what that means. Right. One is turf toe. This is an injury of the soft tissue surrounding the big toe joint, blah, blah, blah. One is fracture, uh, and it can either be acute or chronic. Uh, acute fracture caused by trauma, chronic, produces long-standing pain in the ball of the foot, blah, blah, blah. Or it could be, and I never thought we'd be talking about this, sesamoiditis. Right, right, <laughs> it right. could be sesamoiditis. That is an overuse injury involving chronic 
inflammation of the sesamoid bones. Okay, then it goes on to say, I'm not going to say, non-surgical treatment. Here we go, last one. When is surgery needed? Oddly, Desmond Bain is, no, it's not. It says, when sesamoid injuries fail to respond to non-surgical treatment, surgery may be required. The foot and ankle surgeon will determine the type of procedure that is best suited to the individual patient. When fails to respond may be needed. Yeah. So we have two, we have a win and a may, and a may. <laughs> And we're hoping the wind, we don't deal with the wind because it responds. Yeah. And if it doesn't respond, and then what happens? Then, you know, maybe, maybe not. So this is, there's a range of the things that are possible yes. here. And I just, just want to be cognizant of that range. But the Grizzlies think he'll be back in three or four weeks. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. The, um, you pointed out in the piece today that as long as they got three of the four, not including Steven Adams, three of the four other yeah. guys, they're good. They've been 13 and four with three of the four. I also think... That if you're going to have, if you can only have three of the four, I think this is actually the right three, which is not to say that like Dylan Brooks or Jaron Jackson are better than Desmond Bain. But when you think about your team, I think you need Dylan and Jaron to guarantee high-level defense. You need them both right. to guarantee high-level defense. I think Ja just guarantees, I mean, you need Bain to have great offense with Ja, right. but like Ja is like a one-man offense by himself. And so... Like, if you only have three to get by, that's probably the right three. Um, I think your ceiling needs Desmond there, too, because that really boosts. If you, if you want to be, like, top five on both sides of the ball, you, you need— You think you, the, that's a better three to have than Des, Ja, and Jaron? Maybe. That ha, this has not been tested that well. Maybe. I, I just think—I think the interaction of Dylan on ball and Jaron, you know, guarding the rim and as a helper— Is potent. That just that to me that it's that synergy is what guarantees your elite defense, um, and I don't think it's quite as strong when you take one of those two components out. Whereas I think you put some NBA players with John Morant, like he's just you know you're gonna score, um, but whatever. I mean, I th- I think the Grizzlies right. have been and will continue to be like really really good, like top of the conference right. good, even without Desmond Bain if they're mostly healthy. Otherwise, that's the problem. Is the mostly healthy otherwise? Right now you look up and like, okay, right. you got everybody now except for Desmond Bain and like Danny Green or whatever. Well, what happens is suddenly you look up and like, you know, Dylan Brooks has sprained yeah, an ankle right. and he's out two weeks plus you know, two other guys. You know, that, that's what you got to worry about. You have less, less margin for error. The um, Pelicans no, uh, lead the West now. Shocking. They, they, yeah. Surprising. I, mean, I, I, I continue to doubt. And they, they continue to flaunt my doubts and, and we'll see I mean, see not a big surprise. Like they beat Detroit last night, but Phoenix got run by... Boston. Boston. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, New, New Orleans, you know, I say the Grizzlies are now top 10 on both sides of the ball. They're not the only one. Boston is, Phoenix is, Cleveland is, and New Orleans is. That's five teams. Wait, Boston is, Cleveland is, Phoenix is, and New Orleans is. Milwaukee yes. is not. Their offense is not quite there. Well, they've, they played without Chris Middleton right. most of the season. Um, yeah, so that, that's certainly uh, intriguing uh, that New Orleans is ahead uh, in the West. By the way, as you think about, like I think about the standings and the Grizzlies as they stack up against the other Western Conference teams. At some point in the maturation of the franchise, you look at how they stack up against Boston and Milwaukee. Boston's playing without Robert Williams yet. They're playing without Al Horford right now. Right. Are they demonstrating? Boston really did a number on the Grizzlies last season. Um the thing about Boston is, like, you got Marcus Smart to put on job, which is, like, if you pick any player in the right. league, you want to try to guard Ja in right. a playoff series. Like, the reigning defensive player of the, the year, year who's a guard, right. that's probably Might the guy. 
Um, you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and like Dylan Brooks can only guard one of those two guys. Right. So you get two really long wings averaging 25 to 30 points a game. It's hard to guard them both. Boston's just really good. I mean, I I, I, I think Boston and Milwaukee are, are, to me, are head and shoulders, above, step above everyone else. else. So, you know, you should be so fortunate to get to the finals and be the yes. underdog against Boston or Milwaukee. We're not there yet. Do you have any opinion, by the way, on the, uh, as this show was winding up yesterday, the news broke that the uh, that MLG and W is rejected the long term contract with uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority and uh, and so will be continuing with the TVA but not on this long term deal. I I honestly I read the stories I didn't think about it or study it enough to know the idea of locking ourselves into a long term deal with TVA seemed crazy to me like you, you want leverage and you want whatever but do you have any is that something that you followed have any opinion on i'm not studied up enough to, to no, express yeah. opinions on that no. yeah yeah chris thank you very much you can read the piece over at the <laughs> daily t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.